Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. Goody and I are here as usual. And I'm doing the intro because I am running this ship. The main man himself, Joe, the Marley Bone Marler, could be joining us on the phone. Preliminary talks about the long-awaited fight. So hopefully we'll get the contract signed. He'll be on later. He'll be talking about England, all things Ruggers, the Lions, and that shit lad, Marlon Yard. That shit <laughs> Mar- lad is gone. Marlon Yard. Marlon Yard. Hang Mar- on, this is my intro. Marlon Yard. So Andy Rowe, Thank I'm you. running this ship. You're welcome. Hey, we'll get to the we'll get to the next talking point shortly. Uh, but first, thanks a lot to Rugby Pass again for helping us put this pod together. And you can watch us on RugbyPass.com if you want to see how nervous Jim gets when we do speak to Joe Marler later on. And we've also confirmed our next live show for the 11th of December. That's back at the Cabbage Patch in Twickenham. So check out eventbrite.co.uk for tickets. And big thanks to Guinness for helping us put that on again. We've also got four tickets for England versus Samoa on the 25th of November to give away. And that's also thanks to Guinness. Uh, all you have to do is give the pod a review on iTunes and then listen in to next week's pod when we pick a winner and send out the tickets. Look at us. Mate, Mate look at us. Uh, we're, we're amazing now. We're, we are, we are showbiz. <laughs> but I tell you what, I need to give Andy Rowe a bit of a shout out. No one knows his name. No one knows who he is. But just comparing his intro to yours, he is slick. You are slick, Andy. Oh, thank you very much. You're reading yours. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just going raw, mate. Are you going I'm, bareback, Bob? I'm going bareback, Bill. Oh, it's Bill, is it now? Wow. Never go bareback. Always. No, we'll see what happens. Always. You have twins, so now look at us. Exactly. But yeah. Tired. Yeah, I'm tired. How are you guys feeling? Well, it was funny last night, right? So I've said to my wife, Beck, I've said, right, I need to let me help out. I was like, what part of the the night feed can I do? She said, well, it makes sense for you to do like the 11 and 12 o'clock one, right? This is bollocks. Genuinely, 11, 12 o'clock feed. So she can get to bed at like 9, 10 o'clock and get go through to the next one, which is about two in the morning. I mean, fair enough, right? So last night, I fell asleep on the sofa. I've woke up at 12 o'clock, so I've woke up at midnight. I've missed the 11 o'clock deadline. Oh, my oh, God. Next thing, they're screaming. Oh, they're screaming Mate, they're, they're screaming, so I'm feeding them, and then, like, once they get to the, the stage of being hysterical, there ain't no settling them. <laughs> so I've put one down, I've picked one up, give the other one the bottle. Drop one. Mate, the third time I've done it, I for- I've literally forgot which one I've fed. I've like, Who- who's had what? <laughs> You know they can't talk yet, Jim. <laughs> I'm like, break. who has had what bowl? <laughs> I don't know. So there was one bottle that was half full. There was one that was empty. And there was two babies on the set. I don't know who had fed. They were both crying. So my wife said, how did it go last night? I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're fine. They've both fed really well. I bet she's had a shocking day today. Exactly. I've not rang her all day. But I love the way, I love the way Jim says, you know, I, I want to help in the night feeds. That's a different story to what he told me. He said to me earlier, he's like, oh, you know, did the night feed last night. I said to my missus, I'm only doing the 11 o'clock feed. You go to bed. I'm not getting up in the night. I'm doing fuck all to do with the night. I need some sleep. I'm in the spare room. She's grafting away, isn't she? And you, all you offered is the 11 o'clock feed. That's what I do. I've got to work. And what about you? How was your night last night with the twins? It was difficult, mate. Why? Well, truthfully, yeah. Uh, we had the night nanny come. Oh, oh okay. So it sounds really She difficult. came in about nine o'clock. So you had to open the front door. Is that what you say? Danny, the night nanny, is amazing. Really? Yeah. She's what, awesome. As in what? Oh, feeding the twins, keeping them quiet. But it was tough. <laughs> I got kicked out of bed last night. Who, by Danny? No, by, by the missus. <laughs> by the boss, by Carolyn. She's nudging me in the back. I'm like, what's the matter? She's like, you're snoring, you absolutely... You pig. You're snoring the house down. Get in the spare room. I was like, which one? Oh, here he is. The one with Danny. So hey. I went to, no, no, no. So I went to the spare room, slept in the spare room. What's Danny like? She's very nice. Horror show or not? Very nice lady. Okay, that's it. All right. She's doing the job well. Jim, you've had a massive week, bit of a fallout from the last podcast. How's that all unfolded? You're in the papers. Back pages again. It's the big time in Scotland. 
Yeah, I made the back page of the newspaper in you Scotland. Ca- you came out and said you're English, right? Oh, I tell you what, it's, it's been a busy week. You know what? Right. And this is always the issue, isn't it? With doing a podcast, speaking your mind, being honest. And mm. I've had a bit of time to reflect. Am I doing the right thing? You know, should we be being as open and honest as, as we should? And the answer to the question is, you're fucking right, we should. <laughs> but I have been going back and forth in my head with myself with how I was portrayed after I said what I said about the World Cup, which it was two years ago, which has no relevance now whatsoever. So I, I look back to how what it, what it looked like on print. So basically the Daily Mail in Scotland printed it, journalist Rob Robertson. And I haven't told him this, but I'm saying it now. I'm pretty disappointed that They've gone and printed it. It's, it's cheap journalism. So if you were to read it, it sounds horrific. It's clickbait, isn't it? But reading a newspaper, sensationalising the headline to try and get readers when actually you get to, and I said this to you earlier, didn't I? You get to the guts of, and literally I've said that, get to the guts it. of it. You get it? Get to the guts of what you said. And I'll stand by you, Jim. Mainly because you're six foot six and you're hard as fuck, but um, I stand by exactly everything that you said. Why shouldn't you be honest? But this is the thing. Now people have taken it completely out of context. And I was saying to Tim, the producer. I said to him, it got that much interaction. I had Tom English, the BBC correspondence guy, come through, and he started tweeting me saying, oh, basically, he was bagging what I was saying. He was saying, oh, you know, that country, as in, like, I've said, oh, that country, as in, like, you know, they're not my country anymore, Scotland. Oh, no, country, not... Sorry, (laughs) sorry, I thought he was talking about some... And then also, he he says, oh, yeah, but, you know, Tim Swinson deserved this place. He was good. I was like, but this isn't what... You've completely misread this. what I'm saying. I'm saying I've been dropped from the World Cup squad in a way in which had no respect for me, in a way in which I was devastated, I was disappointed, and I gave the honest answer. It wasn't a case of, oh, I was out of the World Cup squad, I wanted Scotland to lose, I didn't want them to win. I was talking raw emotion, having been dropped from Mm. the World Cup squad and being at home watching the game and having mixed emotions about Scotland, potentially making the semi-final and me not being there. I would have been absolutely devastated because... As a player and as a competitor, you feel you're good enough to be there. And if, you do, if you're not there and they make the final, make the semi, make the final, then Vern's right. I, you know, and he, he was right anyway. I was crap at rugby, but that isn't the point. My point is that I've gone through two months of training to not make it for them to go on and do that. It had nothing to do, it's got nothing to do with me not supporting Scotland, not supporting my teammates, me thinking Tim Swinson shit, he doesn't deserve. This has got nothing to do with Tim Swinson whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. And people are coming back saying, oh, you know, Tim Swinson is a good player. You shouldn't be saying that. Anyway, so going back to the thing, the way that it's written is completely not in the context in what it was said. And for me, that's cheap journalism. That's cheap journalism. The headline was, Jim falls out of Vernon breakfast or big breakfast fallout. And that's the reason why I retired from Scotland. No, it weren't. That was the reason probably he didn't pick me or one of the reasons that he picked me. He didn't like me. The reason that I retired from Scotland because... I couldn't play for Vern. He didn't like me. He didn't respect me. And also, I was going to retire at the end of the World Cup anyway. Simple as that. Full stop. There's, there's nothing more in it. So, so my, my question then, obviously, it's all come out. And there's no doubt, I've got no doubt Vern would have seen it. Has he been in touch? He hasn't, no. And oh. uh, look. Ring uh, us, Vern. No, no. You know, there was a point of me, and that was the thing inside of me. I didn't wake up the next day and see it was on the, in, the, in the newspaper and think, oh, fuck him. You know, I actually, I actually felt bad. I felt like, you know, how is he going to feel seeing that? But then... You know, I was sat there thinking about it. I was like, but everything that I've said is the truth. So why can't I have an opinion? I'm retired. They can't handle mm. the truth. Yeah, they can't handle the truth. 
Yeah, you shouldn't be the one feeling bad about it at all. The, that's it's, what, it's the yeah. Juno that's portrayed your story, which on the pod was a rare moment from a former sports player of clarity and honesty um, and raw emotion as well, which you don't get a lot of in the media. And we got that on the rugby pod. And I think anyone that listened to it would understand that. But the way that it's been written is completely out of context. And, and that's a disappointing thing. Not yeah, the disappointing thing that you said what you said. But listen, that's how they sell newspapers. That's how they get you know, on the internet, clickbait and mm. things like that. The journo's argument will be, hey, I'm just doing my job. I'm sensationalising something that will get him more followers or more readers or whatever it is. So, yes, I'm, I'm on Jim's team. I completely disagree with the way they portrayed it, but it's probably their right to portray it however they want, isn't it? I've got but... 500 more followers off the back of it, so, <laughs> Goody, I'm, I'm catching you up, mate. No chance. <laughs> And the rugby over the weekend, uh, Goody, you were uh, down at uh, Welford Road with BT. Yeah. How was that, mate? Yeah, it was I mean, it's always good, good to go back to your old stomping ground. Made tri- two trips up to Leicester this week. Did a little kicking thing with Joe Ford and George Worth. How'd you get on? Well, it was for Channel 5 and they've stitched me up a bit. Why? It was a, it was a crossbar challenge. Yeah. Three kicks each. Truthfully, I got off my... The tea? Off, off the tee? Off the deck. I, I took my bare tee, took that with me. Yeah. I've gone three from three. I haven't gone three from three. That's a lie. Got my first one. They didn't show it. They just showed three that I missed, so they made me look bad. It was. I challenged the young kids. Were you in full kit? Uh, I was in shorts. Oh my goodness! Socks. Oh, those uh, true socks. <laughs> true socks. They're, they're good. Um, and just a, and you know, just a, just an Adidas top. You know. <laughs> Pulled my hammy though, didn't I? Did kicking. you? Yeah. I've had a go. Pulled it. I thought. Don't need to warm up. It's a bit of goal kicking. I've, I've done this thousands of times. You know, kicked a few goals in my time. At the 15th kick in, twang. Oh, goodness. And we went. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, and is your weight still going up now? No, down, mate. I'm down to it's, it's not going down. Down to 103 kilos. You know, when you look in the mirror, Goody, right? I'm Because I'm, I look in the mirror some mornings and think, right, look a bit shit today, going a bit bold, but in decent nick. Do <laughs> you think you're in decent 34. nick? Well, I think I am. I yeah. had to, so, I was showing a guy in the office today the video from the live pod Yeah. of you with your top off yeah. singing. And he's an Aussie guy. He's a Bloody good guy, actually. He listens to the pod. And he goes, uh, he goes, Jim probably wants to just keep his bloody shirt on, mate. It's fucking horrible. It's ruined you, mate. What's his name? I'm not telling you. What's his name? He'll come to the office. Because you come to the office. I'll, do come to the office. I'll introduce you in but the... That's, uh, well, that's what I think when I look in the mirror. What do you... Like, do you think... Oh, my God. I don't have time to look in the mirror, I'm, I'm popping I'm so out my shirt. Bu- I'm so busy. I'm popping out my shirt here. I'm all right, mate. Okay. I just need to buy a bigger shirt, maybe. You do. <laughs> Look at those fucking baggy arms. So again, oh, noodle arms coming out again. Mate, obviously, I've been taking a lot of shit about the dress sense and how everything's falling off me. So I went to the tailors today that tailored me at Saracens last year. Yeah, and the year before yep. for a suit jacket. I thought, I thought, right, mate. You got rid of the wedding is, suit jacket. Is, yeah, no, is, tri- the three button. Yeah, joke. His name? What is it? The three buttons not in. Carry <laughs> on. I spoke to Akmash. Akmash. Akmash was the tailor. I was like, mate, I need to get a couple of suit jackets. The boys are ripping me. I think my arms, my arms have disappeared. My neck's like a pencil. Measures me up. I'm exactly the same. Lies. I'm, a, I'm same exactly height. the same, same size. Height. I'll Man. give you the same height. I, well, the measurements are the same. 18-inch biceps. Is that it? Yeah. I oh, know the one. No, that was an 18-inch neck. <laughs> 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 Wrong one. Wrong one. How do you guys find the Anglo-Welsh? Well, the Saracens-Quins game was good. For drama, it was a great game, wasn't it? it mate, there were some good ruggers played. Yeah. Do you know what? The, the, the whole Anglo-Welsh, a lot of people look at it and go, oh, you know, why are we even playing it? Obviously, none of the internationals play last week, and then this week we started up. Obviously, England are playing Argentina, but it's a pathway, isn't it? It's for those guys that hold bags week in, week out. For those guys that just play A League, and it's bloody difficult to motivate yourself to play A League on a Monday night. And they play some games on a Sunday now, don't they? Yeah. 
Um, especially when you're a player that's not playing too much Premiership rugby, I, th- I think it's as long as it's managed in the right way with a the expectation, but b also giving younger players opportunities. It's a great competition, and it's not a competition that is going to be top of everyone's list to watch. But all these guys that are playing now, you don't have to look at Sam Simmons. He's in the England squad. He was a star for Exeter last year, and that's where he made his breakthrough in the Anglo-Welsh. And the list goes on. Mara Toji, captain Saracens a couple of years ago. He's now the best second round in the world because Jim taught him. Yeah. But you, And you look at the progression, and it's a progression. We've all been there. We've all been young kids. You'll start somewhere in the game. You play under-18s, under-21s, whatever it was back in our day. The Anglo-Welsh is a great platform, and frighteningly, there was a kid I was commentating at the weekend. There was a kid, and I can't remember his name because he, he was on the bench, but he got on with five minutes to go. Just turned 17, playing at Welford Road. Glossed the lad, Glossed the boy, went to the same school as Ryan Lamb. Looked a little bit like Harry Potter. 17 years of age, just to, he turned 17 in August. Same as Brian Redpath's son. Yeah, he's a good yeah, player, actually. Yeah, heard that. Is he going to play for England? Is he going to play for Scotland? No, England. So I had this, So Brian Redpath's son goes to Sebra, mm. and I coach at Berkhamstead, and they played. we played him about a month ago, and Brush was there. And there's no way in the world that he's actually Brian Redpath's son. Because Brian Redpath's Torrent. son is six foot one. Six foot two, Brian Redpath's about four foot three. Yeah, but my God, he's a good player. And Very so, good player. And you reckon he'll play for England? He plays. He's in. The, well, I said to Brush after the game, Brush being Brian Redpath. What are you good mates with him? Well, yeah, we've got mutual respect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I talked to Brush after the game, and I was giving a bit of stick. He's Scottish till he dies, right? Yeah. Uh, I said, well, you know, what's your love playing? He's like, hey, goodie, where's the fucking money? Yeah, he's got English. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so the opposite of you, Jim. You went to Scotland, but uh, Brian Redpath's son, Look at good me player, now. millionaire. We're going to get on to the international stuff uh, shortly, but let's rip into some social media questions. We've got Joe Marler coming on shortly uh, as well, so we'll, we'll whip through a couple of these. Um, from Barbarian FC, actually, uh, which game does Jim think he ran over Julian Severe and will dig it out and show him winky face crying with laughter face? <laughs> Monkey face crying face? <laughs> Mate, so I interviewed him uh, last week for Rugby Pass, went down there, and genuinely, if you see him come over, he's like, is that you, bro? Like, As in, like he co- he's looking at me in the face, he's like, Hey, bro, I recognise you. Of course you bloody do, mate. You're on your back as I was running over you. Now, can we? I've got to stop you, Jim. I've what? got to stop you. Because you're saying Julian Sever came over to you and said, I know you. Yeah. This was on what day? Wednesday. I've gone to Barbarians training on Friday to do a little bit of rugby pass. I spoke to Julian Sever. Julian Sever's like, I didn't have a fucking clue who he was. No, he didn't. He didn't 100%. Yeah, well, he's just he saying that for the crack. <laughs> of course he knows Jim Hamilton. Yeah, but basically, I think it was him. I'm not too sure. It was a guy on the wing who was as big as him, and I was playing for Scotland. Took a crash ball. He's come in to spot me. Night, night, no biscuit, mate. He's on his back. That's all I know. <laughs> not too sure if the archive's out there, but if it is, someone please find it and back me up. Night, night, no biscuit. Yeah, he was on his back. Zero chance. And he just went back and just went, bro, like that, as in, like, as I was running over. I was like, you see me, pal? Big jump. And that was it. I ran, and then I think I knocked the ball on, and yeah. <laughs> Just fucking lies, aren't they? The Black and Red has tweeted in, if the Barbars can play that well, being chucked together with a minimal training, uh, is there an argument that international sides are overcoached? My opinion, Goody's pointing to me, because I've played for the Barbarians five times. No biggie, that's what you do. For me, you look at the Barbar side, and I played in the Barbarians team against the Lions, right? And we had quite a good team. So we had Parise, Castro Giovanni, Joe Rocco Casey la 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 Samu Manoa we had a load of very good players and we got smoked by 50 points been out the piss all week played the game I think I spoke about it before felt a little bit like we disrespected the jersey now there was a lot after that game in Hong Kong after we got 40 points put on us 
you know, is the Barbars dying? Is tradition dying? And then what the Barbarians did is they, they almost reinvented themselves the year after. Effectively, what they did is they brought in a load of Kiwis. They brought in a load of guys that are playing the All Blacks that were on the fringe, and then they won every game. I think you saw them play. They played Twickenham against South Africa. I don't know. Uh, Wembley, not Wembley. Sorry, is the um, Olympic Stadium? Yeah, the Olympic. Yeah, unbelievable. So the game at the weekend, if you have, actually have a look at the team, the majority of them are All Blacks. So naturally, these guys are unbelievable at rugby and at that style of brand of rugby. Goody touches on it, super touch. But if you look at their ability to carry, to offload, all the things we always speak about, it is second to none. It's got nothing to do with the training. Like, are we over overdrilled? Like, no, because England players, Scottish players, Irish players, and Welsh players can't do what the you know the Kiwi, what the Polynesian guys can do. They just can't do it. I tell you what, the other point on it. Speaking to when we both went to Barbarians training last week, I said to Robbie Deans and Will Greenwood, chat to them because obviously the whole thing. A lot of the like Jim said, they Barbarians tours sometimes you meet up you go on the piss for you train but you go on the piss for two or three days don't you and go hard hard like you'd never dream of for a club game or whatever because that's part of the experience and then by thursday you're thinking shit right we've got a big game i think the fact that they were playing the all blacks the fact that it's the best team in the world so there's a fear factor i spoke to the coaches and they were like no actually we had a good night out on monday and a couple of beers on tuesday but then bang that was it everyone seems to got their head on a lot of guys had traveled a long way as well so they were knackered in terms of the jet lag so they started to think we don't want to get embarrassed. And they're looking at that. Sometimes you play, I remember I played the Barbar against the Barbars for England at the end of a season. And there must have been seven fly halves injured or on a Lions tour or something for me to get a game. But our squad wasn't great. It, we were depleted because of, I think it was a Lions year and loads of injuries and then loads of cryoffs as well. And the Barbars went on the smash all week because uh, Shawsy was playing, Simon Shaw was playing for the Barbars. And he told me, so the only night they had off was Friday. And they smashed us. So uh, it, can work, it can work both ways. But undoubtedly, it's a brilliant brand. Um, they have fun. Don't take themselves too seriously. But they put out a, a big performance at the weekend. And Robbie Deans is clearly a very good coach. Watching them train, actually, was a privilege just to see coaches thinking outside the box completely of what you... Yeah, that last play they scored the try from. So they've got, they've got a penalty. They've come up with this plan, audacious plan of doing a crossfield kick, but off the floor. Off the deck. They catch it, go the length. And yeah, there's a bit of theatre in there and the All Blacks had maybe switched off because it was the last play of the game. But that's what keeps the Barbars alive, that sort of stuff. Um, and I thought it was brilliant. I thought you had to tap and goo to do that. I thought you got to tap and goo and then goo. Well, you probably have, but Nigel Holmes <laughs> Nigel was, was yeah. like, no, I'm not having it. Good man. What did you guys make of the, the makeup of the squad not having any Northern Hemisphere? Was it any Northern Hemisphere players? Any English players, effectively, yeah. Yeah, yeah what did you guys make of that? Um, there was an Italian. Uh, Simone. Simone Simone Spaghetti. The, it's tough because originally Eddie Jones, everyone said, oh, get the Lions team back together. Mm. Right. And, you know, make it the fourth test or whatever at Twickenham. It's never going to happen. You're Eddie Jones and you're Warren Gatland or whoever. You've got three big test matches. You're judged as an England coach, a Wales coach, a Scotland coach, an Ireland coach. You're judged on these next three weeks. Mm. So why would you let your, well, you've got a training week. Why would you let your players go and play for the Barbars? I think had it been at the end of the tour, you might have seen players going, go and get released. But what amazed me, look at Franks. So Franks is at London Irish. He's in a relegation battle at London Irish on half a million quid a year. Playing touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine if he got injured, which he was injured massively and missed big chunks of the season the year London Irish did get relegated post-World Cup 2015. Um, imagine he gets injured and he's out for the year. So clubs and ultimately players are the club's assets. So why... Whatever level you're at, whether you're at the bottom of the league, whether you're at the top of the league, 
you know, Haskell could have played for Wasps or he could have played for the Barbars against the All Blacks. I've got no doubt he played for Wasps in the Anglo-Welsh against Newcastle and they lost 50-odd, 40-odd or something. He'd have rather played against the All Blacks, test himself. But ultimately, I think Premier Rugby wouldn't release players because of that. And you've got to have that protection of your assets. And I understand it. Yes, everyone in the world wants to see English players playing against them. But if the game had been at the end of the autumn, then maybe they could have played. But there's no way Eddie Jones was releasing any players. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen like that Marcus Smith, someone like that. He's injured, though, isn't he? Oh, is he? Mm. Okay. Well, players like him... I don't, well, think, I don't think he's earned the right, though. Okay, well, it's a double-edged sword, isn't mm. it? Like it Some is. fringe players could have played yeah. um, for the Barbars, but then Eddie Jones has taken them away and he's absolutely beasted them, by all accounts, last week. Well, hence why Johnny May ripped his hamstring off the bone, didn't he? I'm joking. Obviously, that's <laughs> going to make the paper if I say that. <laughs> well, Launchbury's done his knee. Yeah. Marcus Smith did his foot. And you get injuries in training, don't get me wrong, but seems to be a fair few injuries at England training these days. Mm. Rob Chesworth has uh, tweeted in, what, what did you guys make of the England versus Wales set-piece session? Well, interestingly, Goody's got some great footage. Is that right? Well, it's been doing the rounds, hasn't it, mm. I, Well, I, you know, something got sent to me um, of a scrummaging session. I put it on Twitter. It looked like it's been recorded through a fence and a bush. Um, live scrums, and Jim, I, I'm quite intrigued to know what Jim thinks about this. Live scrums that are being refereed. Chris Robshaw, incidentally, was packing down at eight for England. And England absolutely hosed Wales scrum in the, in the clip that I've seen. Absolutely hosed them. But my thing, my take on it is, and you've done this as a forward, I've seen it happen throughout my career at various different clubs and international level when you get the cannon fodder in to go against them. And everyone's like, oh, you know, England were, England against Wales doing a, a forwards training session going live against each other. You know Nigel Owens is coming to referee, but there's absolutely no ramifications of giving a penalty away or... You know, driving more, cheating like hell, coming in at the side, sacking it, punching someone, whatever. You must have had loads of ding-dongs like that over over the years with not only at club training when you go the shags against the first team, but also in these environments where you're going against another team. You know, I think London Irish and Bath did it in the season, didn't they? Yeah, we, well, Sarries, we did it against Bedford. So, the old piss poor in Division 1. But Leicester was the one back in the day. We used to play against Coventry and then they stopped it. Because you're talking about, I don't know whether massacre is the right word, whether you're allowed to say that these days. Mate, we did. <laughs> we absolutely massacred Cov. So you've got Julian White, Jono in the second row, Ben Kay versus the policeman, the bin man, and the guy that's basically <laughs> the doll queue. And it, just, it was just dangerous when we did that. So it was just like no contest. But the thing is, you've got to think. So a lot of these guys who went, but the Bedford guys used to come to Sarries. Makes their cut final, mate. Like literally, their cut final. They're strapping shot, up. Shot window as well. Yeah, shot window. They're putting DP on. They mean business, and we're rocking up like no, ours, in, no interest. How stiff? Yeah, no interest. How stiff are you, mate? Kelly, how stiff? Are you? How's, how's you back? I'm absolutely fine. I can't be fucked to be. There's the Sappuccinos again. Yeah, there it is. So, but look, I think it's quite good. It's, it's quite a bit strange that England and Wales, but they're doing it because everyone's injured. Yeah. Effect, effectively, that, that's what I think. I don't know why why else you do it. Obviously. Well, this is the point. Going, bo- going bone on bone or going live at scrum time within your own squad, you need enough bodies to be able to do it. And it sounds like it's like being a premiership team. How many players don't train on a, on a Monday after a premiership game? So, so there'll, be, there'll be loads of premiership players that don't train on a Monday. So you have issues with your squad. So you have to bar up against someone else. Joe Maller's on the phone. Joe, how are you, mate? Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, good. Thank you very much uh, for coming on. I'm not sure if you're you're aware, but it sounds like Big Jim's been throwing down a few uh, boxing taunts. Are you are you aware of this? Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who he is either, mate. To be honest, Joe, is that really you, oh, mate, is that, or is not? That, is that Andy? Is that this, Andy? this is Andy, but Jim's next to me, little Jimmy. And Andy, how are you, mate? You're I'm, right. I'm good, mate. How are you? 
Yeah, fantastic. I love you. I love your pod. Oh, uh, good man. Joe, th- Joe, thanks for coming on my podcast, mate. Cheers. It's good to have you. Um, so what's the beef then, Marleybone? What's the beef? So, so what's new then, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got the... My question is, obviously, Jim, I reckon you started this, Jim. I yeah, started and, and Joe, I reckon it goes back to Quinn's beating Sarries at maybe the Stoop last year. No, no, we wouldn't have. I lasted 10 seconds, mate. Got banged out by Billy Vinopolo. So no, that was me. That, no, that was me. That, that, <laughs> you were concussed. That was me, mate. But you, you t- Sorry, you're, you're cracking up there. You're cracking up. What was that bullshit? <laughs> have you, uh, you two had a bit of beef on the field? or? Uh, I don't know. Did, did I play against Jim? Have I played against uh, Jim you, You'd have played... At, oh, no, you didn't play A-League, did you? Jim would have played oh, A-League. Right, no, no. A good few years back, but yeah, no. no Jim, what's, your, what's the problem, mate? For fuck's sake! Like, <laughs> uh, where's, where's all this beef started, mate? Matt, I don't you, know. You come at me every single fucking podcast. True, that you do. he do does. You, mate, um, do you listen to the podcast? You actually confronted me, Matt. I've not confronted you, mate. But no, you just fucking bang on about me all, all the time on your podcast. It's like you fancy me. Yeah, no. it's nice hair. Do he said, mate? Definitely not my type, mate. I don't go for oh. yeah. I don't go for the big tattooed style guys. I can I can dress up anything you like. Mate, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> How's things at Quinn's, mate? Obviously, there's been a tumultuous few weeks with Marlon Yard. What? what? Sorry, do you, do you want to clear that word up? Tumultuous. You happy with that one? No. What the fuck's it mean? <laughs> it's been a rough couple of weeks. It's been a rough couple of weeks, Joe, with yeah. uh, the whole Marlon Yard situation. Do you know what I loved in the whole situation? And from an outsider, and I obviously I know Marlon Yard in a certain way. Um, I love Chris Robshaw's comments because no one expected Robbo to come out. And Punchy. Go, yeah, very punchy, but honest, I reckon. Well, yeah. Um, Robbo doesn't say a huge amount in uh, in the public eye that's negative. Um, and when he comes out, if Robbo's coming out and saying it, then clearly he had an issue with the guy, um, as did a few people. Uh, can you expand on that a bit? Or? Um, well, no, not really. I, I, I hadn't spoken to the rope for a good 18 months. You hadn't um, spoken to him? No, I ain't spoken to him. I, I, I lost the plot with him a good, a good while ago, um, and just let him be, let him do his own thing because I'd, I'd given up on it. But you know, he's made the decision that he wanted to leave. Also, it's Quinn's decision know, as well, mu- isn't it? Well, that's what I mean. The mutual decision between the two, and you know, all the best to him. Wish him all the best. I don't, I don't, you know, wish nastiness upon anyone except Jim and. Um, <laughs> Joe, what? Uh, you know, hopefully it'll go well. Joe, it's Andy Rowe here. What's um, what's Marlon Hi, Andy. Yards? How are you? Good, mate. Good. <laughs> Andy, do you wear glasses? Do I what? Wear glasses? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. Big black rimmed ones, real geeky looking yes. ones. That's what I thought. Yes. Okay, carry on. <laughs> he also eats cat food, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what what is the story with Marlon Yard? Like, what's his deal? Why why did you stop <clears throat> talking to him? Why did you lose the plot? Why did you give up on him? What's 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 wrong with him? Well, I, I wouldn't know, mate. I haven't spoken to him for eighteen months. Um, he, uh, I don't, I don't know. He, he's, he does his own thing, and um, he's one of those that, you know, just leave him be because he won't change in my mind. Do you remember that game um, we played against Quinns against Wasps when I'm having a bit of an a row with him? <laughs> and you, you know, you've ran over, and I'm like, oh fuck me! Here comes the big lad. I'm going to get ragdolled around here. And you just grabbed his breath. You were like, "Goody, leave me alone, mate. We don't even like him." Yeah, no, no, yeah, I do remember that. Um, I'd said that to a few people, actually. Um, but no, me and him just didn't get on. We don't, you know, see eye to eye. And um, if, you know, it's that old... I think the school teacher told me, if you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all, especially on a ref mic. 
which I've struggled with in the past. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about, mate. Obviously, off the back of the Lions tour, there's some good stories <coughs> coming out uh, about your time and um, learning to drink a bit more and stuff like that. Tell us a bit more about that, those Lions stories. <laughs> um, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Well, have you finished those sets? Well, I've written it up there. You know, you know, like hammer curl with the dumbbells. To, oh, I to see. Eyes oh, in the, the gym. gym. Pretend, to be, gym. pretend <laughs> to be in the gym again, are you? Just like me. <laughs> Lennox, Lennox, just, Lennox, just like hold that. that bag there, mate. Like that. Lennox, get me a drink, mate. I'm going to fill this like bloke that. in. Lennox, here, get and that, mate. Yeah, upper like cut and a right hook. Like um, yeah, the Lions tour. Um, great crack. Fucking great crack. Met some great blokes on it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I came out when I was asked when we got back what I'd learned. And, you know, I was quite honest in a different way to someone like Sean O'Brien, for example. Um, I, th- I thought it was quite political in what I said when I came back, that I learned how to drink more than I did rugby-wise, because, you know, it's, as it's come out now, it wasn't exactly great rugby-wise. And your, obviously, Sean's comments that he's come out with, your that was people's general view on the tour? Uh, I can't speak for other people, but, you know, that was my personal um view on it that I learned more about other things than I did actually on field stuff but you know I still had a fucking great time an eight week stag do who, who doesn't enjoy that <laughs> awesome here, here Joe Joe a serious question from me Jim your nemesis um, so <laughs> mate you boys did really well like me and Goody were there we watched the Lions tour you boys were great um, do you kind of wish that England were playing New Zealand now with the squad that you've got and the way that the way that they're kind of playing their, their depleted squad um, would you love to have a go at them now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think anyone in the squad would say the same. That we'd love to have a crack now, see where we're at. Two years out from a World Cup, and see how big the gap is still, because they're still the the world's best and still setting the standard. So it would be good to to test us. But for, was it they wanted after fees or something? Andy, do you know anything about that? Yeah, they yeah. chasing a load of cash, aren't they, the Kiwis? Yeah, just a fair share, fifty percent. Yeah, I don't know. If, is that play on or not? Well, Samoa are getting about 50 quid, so in the third right. test. So it's, it's not right. really play on, is it? <laughs> hey, you're now, free to, no, uh, you're now free to play Samoa in Australia, aren't you, after, after your hearing? Uh, yeah, I am free to play, yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll get a, a late call-up from Eddie? Uh, I, I doubt it. I'd be surprised. And obviously, you know, I've, missed, I've missed out on a huge amount already, and then to get up to speed again, having uh, had the week off, week off already, I don't know. I think, I, uh, it'll be a push, but... You know, we'll see. I hope the boys go well and um, what will be. And obviously off the back of that, we've seen today that England are training against um, Wales. I know. Fucking gutted. That's probably the biggest, biggest bit. When I found (laughs) out about that, I thought, fuck it. Mate, they don't Um, need you, mate. They absolutely hosed them. Did they? (laughs) Yeah, mate. Have a look at my Twitter handle. I've just put a video up of, I think Rob Shaw's packing at eight. The England scrum go straight over the top of Wales. And I don't think anyone oh. gave anything to Samson Lee afterwards like you did, but uh, there we go. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I've done my time. What I did was wrong and we move on, you know? And you, that's the sort of challenge you'd have enjoyed, though, eh? obviously, by the sounds of it. Oh, it'd have been great crack, you know. You, you can't get banned in training, can you? <laughs> I love that. Love Th- that. Thank you so much for coming on the show and good luck for the uh, the boxing fight with Big Jim down the track. Yeah, what, what, what's going on with that? Is that is I think we should get we, it on. I generally think we should I'm get it training, on. training, mate. That's all I know. For I'm Matt ready. Hampson. Jim, we haven't really addressed the issue here, mate. What is the issue? Matt, I don't know. I think what's happened is I think Quinns have played Saris. We've hosed you every time but once. And then, yeah, but, yeah like I, we were putting in these big power plays at more time and yeah. apparently there's a few yeah, of the yeah. Quinns boys that weren't happy with me. 
you're yeah. being one. And mate, well, basically, Danny so Kerr... Why, why have you singled me out? Why have you come no, after me? Danny Kerr came on the show when I wasn't here. The star of the yeah. show was missing, and he's came on and basically yeah. said that you, Joe Marler, the hitman Marler, thinks I'm a tool. That was it, mate. Full stop. Yeah, no, no. Jim, you can fuck off. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. He's gone. He's yeah. a character, isn't he? Mate, how scared was, you, it? was he? You shit yourself, haven't you? Mate, genuinely, no. Like, he's there giving it the big and like he's in the gym. Mate, we're all in the gym. I'm not. Well, all right. Well, you're definitely I'm not. in the fridge, mate. I'm not in the gym. You are. <laughs> he, he's kind of scared, eh? No, not at all. I, what a character, though. I like that. Yeah, good honesty again. Yeah, it's one of them, mate. It's like Bell, you and Hay. Like, they don't really hate each other that much, but they want to go at each other. That's so, me and so Malibu. You want to go at him? I think it'd be great for Matt Hampson. Mm. I'll do it. The, There's going to be someone out there. Let's put a price on it. There's going to no, be someone out there that wants to sponsor the fight. Yeah. We could put a night on. We could raise a load of money. But I'd do it. Like this is the thing. Seriously, I would do something like that. But you know, someone's talking about Neil Best. Mate, he's a psychopath. Who's uh, Neil? Who? Oh, exactly. Who are you, mate? So there'd only be there'd be a few people that I wouldn't. Danny Grucock, no chance, mate. I saw him roundhouse kick someone in a nightclub, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was him. It might have been his mate, but he was there. Let's say he was there. So he's a black belt in karate. There's no chance. Really? Yeah. Um, the London Irish Trevor Anus, mate. That fight uh, against David Pace, where I literally put him into next week. If you, you look on the YouTube clip of that, Trevor Anus is knocking boys out. Oh, left, yes. right, and centre, mate. He chopped two boys down, didn't he? Yeah. Was it Dave Lewis? Um, yeah, Dave Lewis. Oh, Sean McKnight. Sean Knight. Sean, Sean Knight. And Hallow uh, Fear. Do you remember oh, him? I fight with him? He either. was he was waiting on the on the in the stands, mate. He was waiting. Ready to go. I was covered in blood like a gladiator, mate. And he, <laughs> you know, he looked, took one look and was like, no chance. There'd be certain people that I wouldn't. Marley Bone. It's one of them where. It's like a warm-up, comfortable, comfortable victory within three. <laughs> within <laughs> three, got a, got a lot more confidence than you had about five minutes ago, Jim. Oh, mate, you lost your voice. That you were like. No problem here. No problem here, Jim. Okay, I'm okay. This is you shoot yourself. He's coming for you. Listen, he's laid down his marker. This is my podcast. It's our. Technically, it's our podcast. It's mine. Respectfully, he's come on. I'm not. I'm not going to keep cutting him off. Has it? Like you were like, I think, would you like to play New Zealand now? Oh, Jim, Shittiest question ever. Jim, Jim, have you got a question for Joe? No, I fucking haven't. How would you get on against New Zealand now? No, I haven't. Joe, do you remember when I played and you came over and you held me and you said that I don't like him either and that I hate him? Hey, it's not me that's got the beef, mate. He's going to knock you the fuck out. He's got beef. I haven't got beef. I'm a killer, mate. Okay. If he wants to step into the ring, he'll get blown away. It's just, I've got nothing to say. Like, that's it. It's full stop. He's got the beef. Danny Kerr was on here. DC, another one of your good mates who's going good bold. Mate, good mate of mine. Good mate of yours going bold. Mate, you can't thing. drop the bold gags in there when you've got a pebble head. You've got a biscuit growing there. Well, I have. It's stress. He, he's rattled, isn't he? He's rattled. Let's go. Can we go on back onto Vern? Let's get more I, Vern. I, I, thought this podcast, I thought this podcast was enjoyable. I've got Andy Rowe cutting me off all the time. I've got Goody cutting me off. I've got Marley Bone coming on here like he runs the show. I've Offering got... you out. Let's have a quick look at the uh, Autumn Internationals. Uh, Wales against Australia. Um, they've lost their last 12 against the Wallabies. How do you guys see that playing out? Well, me and Goody were chatting about this today, actually. So Wales are an interesting one, aren't they? Because if you look, they actually haven't done that well. Last Six Nations, they were quite poor. Auto, uh, sorry, the summer tour, they went a little bit under the radar. They went to Tonga and Samoa. There's been a bit of discontent there. You know, Rob Howley under a little bit of pressure. Gatlin's been under pressure for whatever reason, I don't know. But I don't know, Wales just seem a little bit in transition. But in saying that, they're up against Australia, who've been pretty garbage. Then they go and beat the All Blacks. That's some really good rugby analysis from you there, Jim. It's true. Well, I've got to now, haven't I? Because I'm getting... This is the thing. So now we're talking about it. Like, I've got to do my research now. 
Or are you regurgitating what I said earlier? No. Are you sure? Definitely. Okay. Um, oh, mate, listen. So Wales haven't beaten Australia since, I think it's 2008. Yeah. So, you know, you look at that and you think it's probably going to continue and then there's no Sam Warburton. But what I like about Wales, and we'll see if it comes into fruition, but they're going to change, supposedly, the way they play. So there's no Jamie Roberts anymore. There's no Warren Ball. They're looking to evolve. Obviously, Rob Howley's got absolutely destroyed as a coach by... Sean O'Brien, Joe Myler's just said he learned nothing as a rugby player out on the Lions tour. And they've got to evolve. So they're looking at how, how do they do that? So they play Owen Williams at 12 as a second receiver to do a similar sort of role as what England do with Ford and Farrell. Really interesting. And they've got some, listen, Liam Williams, quality operator. Moriarty could be back. Yeah. Uh, Falatau's probably the form number eight in Europe at the minute. Yeah, I'd say so. He's on fire. Um, so they've got some decent players in form, but they've just got this hoodoo about beating... I don't know. Don't, I'm, don't, go, I'm going Australia. I'm going Wales. Ireland versus South Africa. Ireland. Ireland comfortably as well. Yeah, I think Ireland. Think so. Yeah, just Ireland at home. They're hungry. They've got some good players. South Africa are in that transition, aren't they? I mean, South The thing with South Africa is they, you look at the squad and you look at the forward pack, you've got Etzebeth, you've got um, Malcolm Marks at hooker. I was what, gonna, what a player he is. I was going to talk about him. How good. He's a monster. That game, that game against the All Blacks, Mate, you're struggling to see, apart from me, when we played against um, Old Pisporians back in the day, you're going to struggle to see a better performance than what he put in against <laughs> the All Blacks. Ever. Any, yeah. Ever. Smashing boys, turnovers, carries. Mate, it was phenomenal. I reckon he'll struggle to repeat that again. But but the, yeah. thing, for, the thing for me, for South Africa, how many people can name a South African back? De Jong. He's playing at Wasp. He's not in the squad. But he's South African, isn't he? Okay. Name me some South African backs. Small Willie LaRue. In the squad right now. Elton Yankees is 10. There's uh, not Elton what? Elton Yank? Yankees. Oh, man. But there's, they haven't, I don't think they've got a massive amount of quality in their back line. And that's where I think, you know, you've got Yankees going against Sexton. Sexton is an unbelievable 10. Mm. Um, and he'll Sexton will dominate that game. At nine, obviously Conor Murray will play for Ireland at nine. Who are they going to play? That's scrum half for South Africa, Jim. No idea. Not a fucking All clear, I'm bothered about is, are Ebenezer's best arms real? Mate, he would... Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't fight him, would you? Mate, I have. And you lost? No, in Nailsbrook, mate. Got Simbin, <laughs> lost us the game, but I, I dominated him. Um, yeah, I'm going Ireland by 15 there, I reckon. Yeah, I'm around the same as you, Goody, my old belly. England versus Argentina. England, comfortably, hands yeah. down. But... Yeah, listen, the, the question marks over England are, and it's it's all about selection, and there's been mm. loads of mixed messages from, originally from Eddie Jones. He was saying he's going to rotate and rest a few of the Lions boys. Now that seems to have changed with various players being injured and banned and the likes of Atoji and Cruz are going to play. For me, it's the whole selection dilemma. The back row is obviously a big talking point. Hooker's a big talking point. I've got no doubt Jamie George is the best English hooker comfortably at the minute. But when picking a team and Eddie Jones picks the team, obviously, as pundits, we all talk and, and people, you sit in the pub and talk about it. You just sit there and go, oh, you've got to pick Jamie George. He's on form. He's the best hooker. But when you look at the strategically, the, the makeup of the squad, how it works, obviously, Eddie Jones is a big fan of Dylan Hartley his leadership role, etc. That's where those question marks come in. So Dylan Hartley will start, I think. Rob Shaw at eight, maybe? Well, this is the whole, the whole back row thing. Rob Shaw's not... He, he's played six for England for the last how many tests. He's not even the third best six in the country at the minute. I don't know. I, I think he's a good player. No, well, he is, but so is, for you, me, you, Courtney, you tell me, Courtney right? Laws, yeah. Don Armand. Yeah. Don Armand's not in the squad, obviously, but Courtney Laws, Don Armand. But Don and even Armand's... Marrow, even Marrow Toji's played better at six than Rob Shaw has, for me. Okay. Just well, in my opinion. I think Rob Shaw, he, he gets in the team because the experience is Nova Napola. Where do you play him? Eddie Jones has boxed himself into a little corner by saying he can't pick Rob Shaw at seven. 
because he's not a seven. So where does he pick him now? I don't know. I think Eddie Jones makes big decisions, mate. I oh, think, he does. No, I he think does. he knows rugby. And yeah, I, th- I think with Rob Shaw, mate, Hartley's an interesting one. Like I'd have Jamie George, but I'm biased. Of course you are, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Dylan, apparently, he's, he's in that, and this might sound ridiculous, it's not meant to, he's in that Richie McCaw mould. He's the glue. He's, he's in there with the coaches. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. So he has the ear of the coaches. He speaks to the coaches. You know, he has that rapport mm. and that respect clearly yeah. off Eddie Jones. Mm. And there's not, mate, I've, I've not been in many teams where Saracens is, is one. I've not been in any others where there is that kind of divide. You have the captain, you have the coaches, you have the captain, then you have the players. And that's what it seems to be like with England. I don't think Dylan cares. I don't think he cares that everyone in the outside world thinks Jamie George is better. No, why should he though? No, he, he's, no. he's England's captain. But that's a good thing. And yeah, and it's the same thing with Rob Shaw. Rob Shaw, to everyone just analysing rugby union right now, watching games and saying, he's banging for him, he's banging for him, he's better than him. He's... Rob Shaw isn't the standout number six right now. No, you'd have, mate, you'd but, have Tom Curry in the team. Yeah, if but, you're talking about informed players. Yeah, and, and Underhill. And, and Simmons. And Simmons know. and Hughes. And, Not but and you look at the DNA, the makeup of a team, Rob Shaw's got to play. And he'll find a way of putting him either at six, seven, or eight. I've got no doubt of that. Because yep. you can't go inexperienced. There's no Billy Vanapola, so you have to go Nathan Hughes. And then, you know, you're playing Sam Underhill or you're playing Tom Curry. They're both very inexperienced internationally. So you have to play Robshaw. Have you guys got any rumours for the rumour mill this oh, week? Oh, we could throw some in there, eh? I've heard Dan Carter's going to Leicester. No, I'm joking. I just throw it in no, there. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard. What? There's a 10. Big, big name 10. That is going to one of my old clubs. That's all I'm going to say. So there's a big name 10. Yep. Myler? That's not a big name 10, mate. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think. That's going to your old club. Is he playing in the Prem, the 10? Uh, no. He's not? No. Yes, who's in France? Possibly. Is it Montpellier? Can't say anymore. Is it Cruden? Can't say anymore. Well, so where's Cruden? Cruden's going to Wasps. I don't know anything. Cruden's going to Cov. I don't know anything. He's going to be jumping in the Kofkin out with Willie LaRue. So Cruden to Wasps. Maybe. Don't jump in, Jack. It's huge. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. I've heard rumours that Wasps are deep in conversation with a worldy fly half. Really? Mm. And you don't mean Dan Carter worldly. Mate, you're looking at... Matt, I, I don't know. No it's comments a, further than that. I don't know. I, I don't know why if you were Wasps you want to sign Dan Carter apart from sell a few more jerseys to the Kofskins. With Carter on the back. In our Coventry homes. Yeah. So Carter to Wasps then? You've heard no, 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 I haven't said anything. Andy Goo, the ambassador. That's all we need. I haven't said anything. Just rumours, mate. They're rumors. They could be true. They could be false. We're just going on the rumours. Dan Carter to Wasps. Yeah, you've heard that's it. What, that's what Jim says anyway, not me. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say it. That's fine. Ross Thanks. Moriarty to Dragons. Someone mentioned Ross Moriarty. To... No, he's, he's got... It'd be crazy. It'd be crazy if he went there. But here's the thing. He has to go back to Wales. Has to go back to Wales with the new laws of the Welsh selection policy. Yeah, he is out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah, he, he has he, not signed a contract. He'll be leaving Gloucester definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. But he, if he wants to play international rugby for Wales, he has to go back to Wales. Okay, but for me, look, you know, I like Bernard Jackman. I like what they're doing at the Dragons. Henson's there, and I don't mean this at all in a disrespectful way. But they're almost like the develop, developmental team of Wales. I'd love to see Ross go to an Ospreys. Ospreys are garbage though. Mate, they were class against Saracens. You were class. Ospreys. Against Saracens. Have you seen them in the pro? No one cares. It was no one cares, mate. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. And they play two, lost two in the Scarlets. John John Barkley might be leaving Scarlets. I I reckon Scarlets is is his fit. Okay, well, he's from from Thirdly, isn't Mm. he? Where's Bud? And that's his old man. Yeah, his old man. The warrior. Bottom line is he's going back to Wales. 
Bottom line is he's a top class player. Yeah. Full stop. Five hundred bags. Hard as nails. Is he? I reckon four five hundred bags oh, for him. Hard as nails. Hard as nails. Let's go to the good, the bad, the ugly. That's uh, when Andy Good tells us what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the past week. Yeah. Uh, the good. We'll start in France. La Rochelle again. Always get a shout out La Rochelle. They're doing so well. Uh, went away at Lyon, who are top of the league. Lyon are top. Lyon are top. Still top, even though they lost. So La Rochelle going over there. They're a team to be reckoned with. They're not. A team that sets the world alight. They just do everything really well. The basics really well. Do you not think that's awesome to see another French team coming through? Yeah. So it's gone over your days of Clermont. Toulouse with Gautier there, a gash. You, you, know, you ate him, right. I don't hate it. I'm not saying anything more about coaches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. And then you, you talk about the, the Barbarians game. You, know, you put a scratch team together. And like, like Jim said, it's not a scratch team. They are international superstars. But Stephen Luatua, Algebazi... He was yeah. awesome for the Barbars. And that whole spirit of rugby and seeing how that game was played. The Barbars put on a, a show, didn't they, against the All Blacks. Quagga Smith as well, he was unbelievable. You know, so and that try at the end with the innovation of kicking a crossfield kick off the deck uh was pretty special. Munster. It was Razzy Erasmus's last game in charge and they uh, had a massive win against the Dragons. Yes, it's the Dragons, but I think Erasmus has done a fantastic job in very difficult circumstances over the last 18 months, so he needs a shout-out. And then we're going to go up to Scotland. Jim loves the Scots. I am Scottish. The good this week. There can only be one good this week. And Glasgow are eight from eight, but it's not the team. And Nick Grigg scored the try, but it's not him. Nico Matawalu. Who? Wa. Well, Nico Matawalu. Malawala. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Nico Matawalu. His name's Nico. That's what the boys call him. <laughs> he, 90-meter uh, run, Google it against Leinster. Leinster, mm. decent team. Takes the mickey out of some decent Leinster defenders. Runs it in from 90. He probably could have scored it himself. It was like when, you, when you're at school, everyone at school, you always give it to the fast kid or the big kid. And the fast kid just skinned everyone scored mm. a try when you're young. That was what it looked like. Schoolboy rugby, you're giving it to your best player who's the quickest. He's gone the length. He's beaten about three people twice. Skinned loads of them. Could have finished it off himself, but then handed it over to the Grigmeister. So uh, the good this week goes to Nico Matawalu. Uh, the bad Ospreys. Garbage. Uh, they crumbled in that second half against Edinburgh. Struggling, aren't they? Sixth Pro 14. No one cares about loss. They're bottoming, though. Um, so they were pretty bad. Toulon went to Agen and lost. Their back line, Toulon's back line, Fekitoa, Nonu, Luke McAllister, Chris Ashton, Randrandra, Tuisova. What could you do with that bat line if you were oh, a good, if, you, if you were a good coach? No, a good coach. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking, what you as a ten? What would I do? I'd just fucking kick it and say chase it, you bastards. But no. But, Have they got a game plan from what well, you can see? No, they haven't. Galtier, Galtier is the coach, and Galtier is an absolute cowboy. <laughs> I knew he'd say that. And they've lost away to Ajan. Chris Ashton, to be fair to him, scores a hat trick. Uh, he's playing pretty well, but big time team too long going to Ajan, who have been poor this year. Right down in the doldrums of the top 14. They look like they're a team with no structure, no organisation. This week, the bad goes to Jim's old coach, Fabian Gautier and Toulon. Happy with that, Jim? Yes! Because he's no, an mean, absolute... I, I, yeah, cowboy. Like, you've been really harsh on coaches. Who is? You are. You've called him out, Gautier. Had, when? Relentlessly did on you this read podcast. That, did you read that in the paper? <laughs> no, no, but you've... Rel- I've been sat next to you and you've said he's a cowboy. No comment. Okay. The ugly... Two, two bits of ugliness this weekend, and it involved 
one Ricky January and not because he is Alpha, the, Alpha. He makes me look skinny and I'd love to have played with him. I'd have looked like an absolute Do you Adonis. think when he goes to the toilet you can see his wallet? Well <laughs> <laughs> no. I bet he's not hung like a horse, is he? <laughs> uh, so Ricky January barges Semi Randrandra in the back. Nothing wrong with that. No. He was chasing after. So Randrandra called a mark, I think it was, tapped it, passed it back to, might have been Lukey McAllister. Ricky January's gone to charge it down, piled Randrandra in the back, so his back's been blitzed to smithereens because yeah. January's an whiplash. unit. Yeah, whiplash everywhere. They both end up on the floor. January's got back up. Randrandra's kicked him in the nuts, That's which it. I reckon's a red card. You can't kick what's someone. His what's his name? Randrandra. Randrandra? Yeah. So he's kicked Ricky January in the nuts. And what's January done? He's gone down... Like a sack of spuds. Like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> and he is a sack of potatoes. Was he stood up when he kicked him in the yes. nose? Yes, yeah. So uh, what is it, is it? What kind of kick was it? Was it like a toe poke? It, so Randrandra's on the floor, and imagine I'm sat here, I'm Randrandra on the floor, you're January, he just flicked out his left foot. Oh, caught, okay. Caught him square in his left he's testicle. Gone for the, he's gone for a chip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got him. And he's done well to find it, actually, probably, under the, all the extra, yeah. extra layers that Ricky January's got. Yeah. So that was pretty ugly, but that's not the ugly thing for me this week. The ugly... I'm going to. I'm staying in France. It's all about the French this week. Bernard Laporte and the whole thing about the World Cup selection. South Africa have got the vote from uh, World, World Rugby. Rugby in terms of hosting the 2023 World Cup. Bernard Laporte comes out and he said all sorts of stuff. He said it's fixed. It's this. You know, he's gone wild about calling out South Africa and saying the hotels are garbage. This, that, and the other. And it's real bad blood around the whole World Cup situation. So Bernard Laporte, aka Bernard the Door. Get the, it? the door, do you the get port? it? Yeah, as in like the port, as in... The door! Burn at the door! <laughs> um, he gets the ugly for his disrespectful slamming of the World Cup's decision to give it to South Africa. Okay. Or to a... give their vote to South Africa. Do you think he's really bold or he needs a hair transplant? Do you think that he wants nah, to No, he's bold? done, mate. He's done. He's done. He's, there's no... no you you could have some help. I'm all right. Him not so much. Thank you very much for listening to the Rugby Pod podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and leave us a review on iTunes for your chance to win tickets to England versus Samoa. And check out Eventbrite if you fancy coming along to the next live show. It's at the Cabbage Patch in Twickenham on 11th of December. Look at us. We are everywhere, Goody. Showbiz. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 